0: Hello, and welcome to the Divorce Woman's Guide podcast, where we talk about the things us divorcees are thinking, but not always talking about, as we turn our divorce into the best gift you've ever been given. And I do so with a little bit of sass and a whole lot of class. I am your host, Wendy Sterling, founder of The Divorce Rehab. I am here to support you in this transition phase of your life so you can start your new, best chapter on your own terms. After all, that's what I did after my own divorce. And now it is my mission to change the conversation around divorce and help you see why your divorce, like mine, was the best gift you ever received. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Divorced Woman's Guide podcast. How are you doing today? As a reminder, don't forget to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode, especially today's, because I am here with Heidi Brock. Hello, Heidi. How are you? Hello. I am excited to be here. Me too. I'm really looking forward to our conversation today. And you guys, we're going to dive into the topic of toxic relationships. But before we dive in today, I'd like to share a little bit more with you all about Heidi. So Heidi is a toxic relationship awareness and healing specialist. After 14 years in an extremely emotionally and narcissistically abusive relationship, she broke the chains and turned her past into her passion she left her 24 year career in healthcare to be the person she needed when she herself was trapped in the darkness of an unhealthy relationship to provide hope, healing, and freedom to those whose lives have been affected by toxic relationships, emotional abuse, and narcissistic behaviors. Today, she has helped hundreds rid and heal their toxic relationships and hosts the popular podcast. It's Not Normal, It's Toxic, Rid Your Life of Toxic People with Over a Million Listens Worldwide. She's an international keynote speaker, the recipient of Empowering Women in Business of the Year Award by Inspiring Lives Magazine, and has been featured in both Forbes and Time magazines for the dedication given to her clients and for her work in the toxic relationship area. Heidi, I I love, I know you and I were talking before we hit the record button, but you and I definitely have a lot of similarities. And the first one really being that, you know, after 20 plus years, we both decided to pivot after our divorces and to shift careers to really help others like ourselves. So share a little bit about, you know, what was sort of the tipping point for you to walk away from that healthcare career to pivot into the work that you're doing today? Well, that was, it was a transition period as, as
1: everything is a transition period. When I left my former relationship, I actually moved four hours away and people that listen to my podcast know a little bit more about my story, but in me leaving, I left everything that I'd worked for. So I signed my business over to him and the property over to him. And in the transition, I also had to leave my daughter's. I was in a position where I knew I needed to get out. And if I didn't get out, they weren't going to have a chance either. So I moved four hours south to restart. And I didn't get to see my kids for almost five years. Okay. So so when you talk about you know recovering from the divorce process, my identity that I knew, there there wasn't one thing left. I was no longer a doctor with patients. I was no longer a business owner. I was no longer a wife. I was no longer... I left all my friends. I was no longer a mom. And so the first few years were awful because we base our identity on on the people that are in the room with us, right? You know, and so when you're sitting there by yourself and you don't know who you are, it was a huge struggle for me. But I ended up starting another chiropractic office, which grew into a wellness center, and I had you know a lot of different services. I even had a boutique in there for a while, and and I I really liked healthcare. I really liked being a chiropractor, but there was a a time that you get to you know everybody knows this in your career. I felt like I could adjust people in the dark with my eyes shut, right. you know, and and when you start feeling like that, you have to make a change. And so I decided that I was going to start coaching. Okay. Not in this by any means, but I was going to start coaching in, in making yourself a priority because that was something that I knew I never was able to do in my former life. And so I kind of started dabbling in coaching, which I really enjoyed. And I still, you know, was doing everything else full time. And I kind of started noticing that the people that were coming to me about making themselves a priority were people that were e- either just divorced or had come out of an unhealthy relationship. And all of a sudden, after four years of not talking about my past, I was accidentally using examples. Oh, yeah, well, that happened to me. Or, yeah, I can relate to that. And then I would think, oh, don't talk about it. You know, you're in a new place. We don't want anybody to know that. And, and it was something that I couldn't, I couldn't even stop. It was just all of a sudden I felt like I was helping these people and I was relating to them and they were relating to me. So I hired a business coach because as a chiropractor, you don't need a business coach. You just, if somebody hurts their neck, they just show up. Right. My so gosh. I had done no marketing and she said, well, if you're going to coach, you need a, you you need a niche because you can't in today's day and age, you can't just heave yourself out there as a right. life coach or whatever. And so she gave me till Friday to think of something that I would be passionate about that I could do. And Friday rolled around and I was like, you know, other than healthcare or, or doing that kind of thing, the only thing I have is, and I told her my story and she goes, that's absolutely what you're going to coach in. And I remember yeah. going, yeah, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I, am not, I, have, I didn't I didn't talk about it when I was in it. I haven't talked about it since I left. I don't want to talk about it now. Well, I, I just, I had a coaching page on Facebook and so I just started throwing some of the character traits of the toxic person up on the Facebook and my Facebook. It wasn't huge. Um, it doubled in like two months. Wow. So it was very evident to me that that there is people there was that need were, were seeking that information. Yeah. So I just started writing my program. It was the first thing I did. I started writing my program because I also had to write to get my story out because I hadn't I had never told it. Yeah. And so that's that's kind of how it began. And then I that was in 2015 that I started. Mm-hmm. And for two years, I was doing the Oh, I really want to do this. And I, I kind of want to do this. And I was trying I was doing that thing where I was trying to be all things to all people, but wasn't yeah. doing really 100% in anything. Right. And so actually, when COVID hit, I, I really evaluated where my energy was going. And I wanted to spend 24 hours a day building the toxic relationship business. And I was, I was very, putting very little energy other than just seeing patients into building the chiropractic business. So when COVID hit, I thought this is the perfect time. And I, I retired in 2020 and I've been doing this full time, which of course I was hesitant. Am I going to be busy? How are people going to find me? The first month I didn't have an opening on my schedule and it's just, you know, and it's just, it's, it's following your passion is what it Mm -hmm. was. I was just like, yes, I'm good at this, but if all I want to do is this, it's the only direction I should be going.
0: Absolutely. I mean, same thing for me, right? I thought I was going to go back and coach, you know, managers in corporate. I worked in corporate for 20 years and and behold. Yeah. And then lo and behold, one day, same thing. I was talking to my coach and she was like, why aren't you coaching women through what you just went Mm -hmm. through? And I was like, are you kidding me? Why would I want to talk about that? Why do I want to relive that? And then I realized it was like, oh, wait, this is brilliant. Like this is actually like, this is something I'm really passionate about because I don't want other people to go through this Mm -hmm. without having the knowledge that I have. I get to share my story. I get to share my wisdom. I get to share with others so that, you know, however many people I can help is my inspiration. And it sounds like yours is very much the same.
1: Yeah. And it gives you a different perspective of your past
0: too, because when we thought we were struggling we were actually in training yes 100% you know? i call my ex-husband the gift that keeps on giving because i it is it's a constant mm-hmm. i am constantly learning i am constantly transforming i am constantly shifting and mm-hmm. learning new ways of being right with any and all circumstances that come at me or come at my kids that mm-hmm you know and it's a great training ground for my clients so yeah. i hear you one of the things that i'm really big about is is definitions and making sure that we're all on the same page so i would love for you to share with our audience how it is that you define a toxic relationship so that we're all like in the same place. Okay. So the first thing I want to make sure the listeners know is because I have
1: a doctor in front of my name. I am not a mental health professional. Like I already mentioned, my doctorate is through chiropractic and acupuncture. And the only reason I say that is because I work very closely with a lot of therapists and counselors, and I don't want any listeners who are seeing a mental health professional to replace what I'm saying with their been told yep exactly Um, so the things the things that i have learned and the things that i teach are the things that i have gained through my experience and through the experience of coaching hundreds of other people through this scenario i chose the word toxic as as the word that i wanted to define what i was doing but i chose it in 2015 when i started and in 2015 toxic was nowhere on social media you know, you didn't see it. You didn't see the word narcissism. You didn't see all of that stuff. Right. And, and so for me, toxic, toxic is not a diagnosis. Toxic is, is nothing but an adjective that is used to describe any relationship in the status that it's in that is unhealthy for you mentally, physically, or emotionally. And a toxic relationship can be any relationship. You know, when, when we think about relationships, we immediately think about the intimate relationship but there's there's toxic relationships in families there's toxic relationships in coworker situations in friendships in social circles yep. and so you know me starting this i was really just going to help women get out of toxic marriages and now 6 7 years later i have had every type of scenario in my toxic relationship teaching because relationships are relationships and some of them are easy and some of them are hard
0: yeah. so
1: the and the other thing about toxic is is what may be toxic for one may not may not be toxic for another. Right. You know, and, and it it just depends on what you allow to, to be in your life. And and I think where we don't get that is we actually have more power in in deciding that than we think we do.
0: Well, and I'd love to dive in a little bit more to that because you know, I know that I definitely have some even some familial toxic relationships mm-hmm. in my life or i've had ones when i worked in corporate so how how do people know right how can you help people to understand if they're in a healthy or unhealthy relationship what are some signs so, well of course there's there's a thousand signs and kind of back
1: to my work what i do that's different than say your mental health professional is if I didn't know what I was in when I was in it, and you could, you probably can say the same thing, because I don't know anything about your former marriage. But when you're standing in the middle of it, it's very confusing. And so it's very difficult to know whether it's toxic or not, because on Monday, it's fine. And on Tuesday, it's a disaster. But then on Wednesday, it's calm again. You know, so because these relationships are so unpredictable, it's very difficult for us to pinpoint. Whether it's healthy, whether it's not, whether it's us, whether we need to fix it, whether it's them, whether it, you know, and so rather than focusing on the right things that would give you the answers, we stand there and focus on their behaviors, how we react to them, what we're going to do next, how we're going to fix it, and and even though there's a lot of character traits that show up in a toxic personality, at the end of the day, the thing that you need to ask yourself is, are our relationships goals the same? because that's the number one thing and what is driving the behavior behind the toxic person and the toxic person's behavior. So, toxicity in general, toxicity in general can be mild and it can be all the way up to the type of, you know, people that I help escape. You know, there's there's the bully on the playground and then there's the very extreme toxic person. And the one thing that drives the toxic personality regardless of the level of extremeness is their sense of self-security. Mm. So, so when you start observing their behaviors instead of just this is what they say and what they do, we, we start asking ourselves what's driving that behavior.
0: Right.
1: And and there's very specific things that the toxic personality is after in, in when they say and when they do things. But the ultimate goal of the toxic person is to feel secure in themselves. Right. So so they use things like then I think this is kind of what you were looking for. They use things like criticisms or comparisons or name calling or belittling, Mm -hmm. okay? When the toxic person belittles you or criticizes you, how does that make them feel secure? Okay, toxic people feel better when other people are struggling. If I can make you feel bad, I feel powerful, so I feel secure. And that's the bully on the playground technique. So some people will notice, I can't do anything right. You know, they're always criticizing what I do. Okay, that is a character trait of a toxic person. Now, the other thing I should mention is we all have toxic traits. We all have the ability to right. portray these traits. Right. Toxic what can be classified as toxic or unhealthy is when these traits are done in a cyclical and repetitive fashion. So, we all have we all have the excuse of oh, we had a bad day and we said something mean. But when you see these traits starting to repeat and you start noticing that they're done in a manipulative fashion, so that the the toxic personality feels more secure. That's when you need to look a little bit closer into your relationship. Some of the other things are uh, if if they make it difficult for you to see your family and friends, you know, isolating you from your support system, never taking the blame. Uh, very very seldom will a toxic personality apologize sincerely. You may get apologies that that are like. You know, I'm sorry I got mad, but you pushed my buttons. Okay, and and I'm sorry, but you is not an apology. That's you taking the blame for their behavior.
0: Right, Um, finger pointing.
1: Yep, Yep. deflecting. Right. Yep, a lot of denial. Mm -hmm. You know, in you know they're they're never really going to admit that they treated you badly. If you're unhappy, it's because you're an unhappy person. Or if you don't like their behavior, it's because you're too sensitive or you're overreacting. So everything that you feel is is maybe uncomfortable or not normal in the relationship, they're not going to take responsibility for that, nor are they going to want to hear your perspective on it. They're just mm-hmm. immediately going to put it on your shoulders as something you need to fix. Right. You know? And so, so what do we do? We jump, right. on the, we jump on the treadmill. Okay. I'll do it. I'll try harder. I'll work, you know, I'll work harder. And when we're doing that, we're, we're paying all of our attention and putting all of our energy into what, we think the toxic person wants instead of putting our energy, you know, into ourselves.
0: Yeah. So, so how do people, you know, I kind of, I, I, the way that I describe it is this is again, my definition and how I kind of see it is that like, it's almost like they, they weave this web that you just get completely entangled within that, Mm -hmm. you know, becomes comfortable after a while. Right. Mm -hmm. It's Mm predict, it's predictable. So how, like how do you see people or what is the biggest motivator for people to break free right to realize mm-hmm. they're in a web right and mm-hmm. to free themselves of the situation of the relationship so so just like like you just said being in a toxic relationship is like walking
1: into a room that stinks the longer you stay in the room the smell goes away right right but that doesn't mean the room doesn't stink. That just means your body has desensitized you to the smell so you don't smell it anymore. And, and I think that's what you're talking about is that web is we become desensitized because it's something that happens every day, right? You know, one of the things that that I always emphasize in this type of situation, especially if people are trying to really figure out and they're just starting to research or they're just starting to learn, the toxic personality is and I'm gonna I'm gonna use a word that nobody wants to talk about. Um, the toxic personality is is usually what we call emotionally abusive. Okay, now I was way too smart to be in in an abusive relationship, right? I I mean I had a doctorate, I had been through all the psychology classes, so there was no way that I was in an abusive relationship, right? That was just wasn't going to be me. So it wasn't until I was out and already gone before I could turn around and look at this situation for what it really is, which is, is kind of what I teach. Right. But what an emotional abusive person does is they want to be in control of your emotions. Meaning if they can say or do something that makes you feel happy, that makes you feel sad, that makes you feel guilty, that makes you frustrated, that makes you upset, that makes you mad, that makes you fearful. If all they have to do is say or do something that makes you feel something they know that they're in control of your emotions. And so so they're the type that can, can call you names and then and then tell you that you shouldn't feel bad because they called you names. So it it becomes very confusing in how we feel and how they tell us we should feel. So we start looking to them more and more how we're supposed to be feeling when certain things happen. Okay. And that's how that web mesh thing happens because we quit paying attention to how we really feel and we try to feel the way they're they're telling us we should feel.
0: Right. It's like that mirror, right? They're yep. reflecting to us yep. what it is that we're supposed to be feeling. Yep. And and you know, then by that that time you and and
1: again, I don't know about your situation, but I noticed that you're nodding, so whether whether it's people that you know or you're just relating, we get in these situations and we end up in survival mode because now we're yep. we're in self-protection mode. So all we can pay attention to is what they're doing and what they're saying. We have to stay one step ahead of them to protect ourselves, to protect our emotions, to protect our children. And so all we do is go, okay, well, if they come home in a bad mood, we're going to do this. And if they come home in a good mood, we're going to do this. So we're constantly trying to anticipate what the next thing that they're going to do is. And which, which is great because we're in survival mode and our job is now to get from Tuesday to Wednesday. Right. But what, you know, when you when you ask me, what what do we really do to make that transition to get people out? We teach them to quit paying attention so much to the behavior and start paying attention to what is motivating the behavior. Because when you're standing in it, it's very confusing. But as soon as you can start thinking a little bit more from the perspective of the toxic personality, everything they say or do makes complete sense. And usually what people do is they'll go, oh my gosh. I can't believe this is so easy because they don't, they don't really change their playbook. They use the same playbook to get what they need from day to day. So they feel secure, but we're so busy paying attention to their behavior that we don't have, we don't have time to notice that they're using the same playbook. We don't have time to pay attention to why they might be acting like this or why they're criticizing us.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And, and what, and I teach, I teach the same thing to someone who comes to me and is questioning a relationship as to someone who comes to me and says my kids are 14 and 18 can you just can you just teach me enough that i can make make it till till they're all out of the house and i teach everybody the same thing and usually within 6 months people are able to make a decision that's best for them once they understand the situation
0: so it's almost like you're giving them the skills to kind of you know again it's like a mindset shift right because they've been manipulated so it's really about giving them new tools to To think differently, to hear Mm -hmm. what's happening differently and to respond accordingly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: And, and, you know, that's part of the toxic person's drive too, is to keep you super busy and to keep you preoccupied. So, so you don't have time to a spend on your own life, work on yourself, you know, do those kind of things. And so it's, it's in our defense when we're in it, there's, there's no way we can construct all this stuff while we're trying to stay one step ahead and keep it. Right. Yeah, and education, may- once once people understand it, all of a sudden their power is back. And as soon as they can understand the perspective, you know, Wendy, I think one of my things was I kept looking for myself in my former husband. You know, why can't he just be nice? Why can't he just act normal? Why does he have to get mad all the time? And And in reality, they're wired completely different than us. So, so when we try to find ourselves and a personality like us in them, we're not really being fair to them because that's not who they are. Right. They don't have the
0: capability.
1: Yeah. So, so rather it's learning and then accepting who they are, not who we want them to be. And then you're able to make an educated decision on, okay, can I stay in this friendship? Can I stay in this coworker situation? Can, do I have to change the dynamic of this family situation in order to keep me safe? Now that I know what their motivating factors are behind their behavior.
0: Yeah. And Heidi, what is one piece of advice that you would give to yourself in that marriage that in, you know, obviously hindsight is 2020, but what is a piece of advice that you would have given yourself back then that somebody who's listening today can take to heart and, and learn from you about? I
1: think the one the one thing that I would do if I knew then what I knew now, and this is way easier said than done. The toxic personality is seeking a reaction from the people around them. Because as soon as we react, as soon as we get upset, as soon as we cry, as soon as we as soon as we jump, I mean, what do we do when when they can't find their wallet? They can't find their wallet. Yes. And we jump up and we run yeah. around the house and, and all of a sudden now it's our fault. We lost the wallet and we're gonna be in trouble if we don't find it, even though. We had nothing to do with them misplacing their wallet, right? So they're seeking a reaction and they they train us. I actually have an episode of my podcast called, Are You a Stick Fetcher? You know, once a dog's been trained to fetch sticks, they don't care who's throwing the stick. Right. And And once we've been trained to react to the toxic person's personality, we react all the time. So I think, you know, knowing that they're seeking a reaction so they feel in control, if if I could go back and do one thing, it would it would be to keep my reactions in check. There's there's a little bit catch twenty two when I say that though, because if you think you know, if you think back, if any of the listeners are going, oh my gosh, she's talking about my life, think about the first day you were called a name in this relationship. You were super upset, and you might have been crying because they've never called you a name before, and so they got a reaction out of that. But after three months, if you're being called that name on a continual basis, to Wendy's point, we get used to it. Right. So, so then we don't react anymore. So, so then what does the toxic personality do? The names have to get meaner. They have to get louder. They have to get bigger in order to elicit that reaction. And that's how abuse escalates. It escalates because they're seeking the reaction. And the more desensitized we become to it, the less we react. Right. Right. You know, and, and I, I work with, with a lot of people. I do escape plans if we have to, and I plan exit strategies. And I have to know enough about that situation to know how far it can escalate. Because when I'm working with somebody, my priority is their safety. And and in order for them to, to be able to work up to the day that they're going to leave, they have to understand why that escalation has happened. And it's because they're seeking that reaction so that they feel in control. So I would have loved it if I could have just kept my reactions in check, but he he had me Mm -hmm. hook, line, and sinker. I mean, I reacted exactly the way he wanted me me to react every time.
0: Yeah, well, because like you said, it's you know you get trained, and now you get to you know you can teach an old dog new tricks, you know, which is the good thing. And you know the way that I distinguish it too is that you can choose to react or you can choose to respond. React is that initial gut you know, yep. like you've always done versus responding is just like taking a beat, right? I say there's power in the pause and just choosing mm-hmm. a later time or not at all to, yeah. you know, and response in, in, in going with that. I work with a
1: lot of people and you do also on, I'm going to say the word co-parenting, but in the relationships that I work with, co-parenting is not a thing. I mean, it's you know you couldn't co-parent when you were married it's not going to be a co-parenting relationship so i teach people how to raise their kids without letting the toxic person's behavior affect them but one of the things that we struggle with is yes but they text me what am i supposed to what am i supposed to respond okay they've trained us that if we don't respond we're going to be in trouble right right so they always continually feel like they have to stay in contact with the toxic person and i i bring them to the realization that What's the worst thing that's going to happen if you don't respond? Well, I'm going to get 27 texts. Yeah, but if you respond, what's going to happen? I'm going to get 27 texts. Okay, you're going to get 27 texts and they're going to be mad anyway. So how is it going to affect you and your piece less if you interact with them or you don't? You know, and that's totally. that's a learn by repetition thing, also. And all of a sudden of people go, Oh my gosh, I can't believe this works. It's right. because they're emotionally abusive we pull the emotion out of interacting with them because then we're not giving them what they want and they will have to go find it somewhere else. Yep. But that's, and you and I are both working at the spot where people are going through probably the hardest part. You know, yes, the divorce is hard. Yes, the filing is hard. Yes, the marriage was hard, but it's this transition into, yes, but now what do I do? And what if I don't make it? And you know, all the what ifs that are out there.
0: Mm-hmm. That's,
1: that to me was the hardest part of the whole thing. 100%.
0: Totally agree. And, you know, a lot of the work that I do, same thing. It's about retraining your mindset, you mm-hmm. know, and it, like you said, it takes practice. It takes repetition. It's uncomfortable, uh, very uncomfortable in the beginning, but that's, you know, welcome to change, change mm-hmm. is uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And you probably, sorry, I interrupted you.
1: You probably no, do this a lot too, you know, coming out of a toxic relationship, We are the bottom ones on the totem pole. We have learned that it's easier for us to give things up than to have to have conflict with the toxic person. Right. You know, so we don't have hobbies. We don't have friends. We don't have. And so when you want somebody to think about, okay, what do you want your life to look like? People are like, I have, I have no idea. I haven't even thought about that for 20 years.
0: Right.
1: You know, if some of them even what it, you know, I'll say, Mary, what's your favorite color? And she'll go, I don't know. He always wanted me to
0: wear red. Yeah. I remember, and I've shared this story before, you know, the summer after we separated, I remember my parents came down to take me out to dinner for my birthday. And my mom was like, you know, pick your favorite restaurant. And I, and I just started crying and she was like, what's wrong. And like, I don't even know what my favorite restaurant Mm -hmm. is. I'm like, I don't even know where to start. Mm -hmm. And she was like, just, just, whatever, whatever sounds good to you. And I just, I was like, it was that same moment where it yep. was like, I looked at my reflection in the mirror and it's like, who the hell are you? Like yes. who, like, you know, cause he was my reflector. Yep. Right. So yep. how can yep. you
1: not, position? which it's funny you say that. Cause I couldn't order off of the menu. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, and yeah. it's not because it's not because he would tell, my former would tell me what to order. You would order. And it would be, how come you're having chicken? Or don't you think that's too expensive? So I would wait till he ordered to see what the price point was. And just like you, you would request a restaurant and they would say, I don't want to
0: go there. And so, you know, know, how about this instead? You know, it's like, oh, well, I guess I'm not picking. Okay. Right. So why bother? What do you want?
1: (laughs) Yeah. And so I'm sure you do that a lot too with with your work is is teaching them to make decisions because we are trained in those type of relationships that if we make the wrong decision, a firing squad is going to show up. Right.
0: Right. It's about using your voice, standing in your power with confidence. Yep. Yeah. Instead of focusing on the outcome, it's about Mm -hmm. focusing on what it is that feels good to you in that moment and And, allowing the outcome to be. Yeah. And if you make the wrong decision,
1: who cares? You just make another one. But when you're standing in that trying to decide which restaurant to go to, you don't feel that who cares? I'll just make another one if it's not the right one. Right. No,
0: you think, you know, the guillotine is going to come down on you. So yep. why bother? Yep. Heidi, this has been such a really great conversation. I I really enjoy, I enjoy talking to you. I enjoy learning from you. I love the work that you do. I love that the work that you do has been inspired from what it is that you have experienced. I know that you have helped countless of people to exit unhealthy relationships. So I truly want to thank you because it is, I know how hard it can be and to have somebody by their side, you know, they're mm-hmm. lucky if if you're the one holding their hand and, and guiding them. So thank you so much for sharing your wisdom today on today's episode. Yes. Thank you for having me. I'm sure I will see you again. Absolutely, and I know that you also have a free gift for our listeners. That I would love for you to share a little bit about your uh, Freedom Me course. So the the Freedom Me
1: course is actually not the free gift, but I do have a coupon code. Oh. Okay. For that, but the But the free gift, what it's it's on my website. It's actually always free. But there's something on my website called the Toxicity Profile Analysis and it's it's a long questionnaire and you will get results mild moderate or severely affected by the toxic traits of others so if you're if you're one of the ones that's out there going i don't know if my relationship is healthy or not sometimes just taking that and reading what some of the questions are might give you some insight also there will be a follow up if you want more explanation then you can you can book a session with me and i can go through it in detail but the freedom me program is because because i work with people who can be in dangerous situations i have my entire program in a written form so if somebody needs to print it out have it in secret have it at work the freedom me program is is available and it is it goes through all the character traits of the toxic person and it goes through all of the self-discovery rebuilding type of things for for the aftermath, you know, the toxic teardown. And that is also on my website. I think that I can I am not sure what the coupon code is though. I looked at It will at, be in the
0: show notes. So okay. not so, to worry. We'll put those in and you'll send that over to me so that people can access that if if they choose. So not yes. And,
1: and it is, it is, a, it is a very inclusive program, but the code that I will send you will be 75% off. Wonderful. Uh, um, I also, I do have a support group on Facebook. So if there are listeners out there that don't have people that understand they can find that through all my, my links though.
0: Wonderful. Heidi, so generous. Thank you so much for being my guest today. And everybody tuning in today, thank you so much for joining us and for listening to our conversation. As you know, with every single episode, I always try to create some sort of learning experience, perhaps there was one or maybe more nuggets of information that is going to help you to navigate wherever it is that you are in your process. I also love hearing your guys' feedback. So if you have any feedback that you want about this episode, I'm open. I'd love to hear it. Maybe there's topics that you guys want me to cover. Share that as well. You're welcome to email me at wendy at wendysterling.net. I hope that you guys have a fabulous rest of your day. Thank you for tuning in today. Sending you all love, light, and joy. And I'll see you guys in the next episode. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Divorced Woman's Guide podcast. If you like what you hear, please share this episode with someone you know, or spread the word on social media. This is how I reach more divorcees around the world and provide them with the support they need to create their next best life. And I would also love to continue the conversation with you. So please friend me on Facebook. Join my private Facebook group, The Divorce Rehab, and follow me on Instagram at Divorce Rehab with Wendy. I'll see you next time.